Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chrisanne Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, <laughs> and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband, J.C. Hall. Happy, happy Monday to everybody joining us here today. Uh, thank you for everybody who's joining us on YouTube right now as we uh, we work really hard to do Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on YouTube. So we're happy to have you with us. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to like the show. If you pop in and if you just like something that you, we say, like the show. Also, subscribe, share, click the bell so you get the notices and you don't ever miss another show. And so this is about a basic fundamental rights show today, JC. We're going to be talking about freedom of speech. We're going to be talking about the right to keep and bear arms. And I love, what I love is the sense of humor of people when, when they're you know, approached with these things, the way pe different people deal with infringement on rights. The first thing that I want to talk about today is, and, and uh, this is from the Business Insider, and I'll put this up here on the web so people can see it. There's a new Vermont bill that would make it illegal for anyone under 21 to use a cell phone punishable <laughs> up to a year in prison. Now, when you scroll down, you see that the legislator who proposed, this is actually a proposed bill, but the legislator who proposed this bill actually proposed the bill as a protest to the state laws banning people under the age of 21 from buying guns unless they had a safety course. Mm -hmm. And and I think this is this is really great. It's the legislator says the bill is just two pages long. It cites the dangers posed by cyberbullying, online radicalization, and the risk of texting while driving, and calls for punishment of a maximum of a year in prison and a thousand dollar fine for anyone who breaks the law. He says, it's, it is clear that persons under the age of 21 years are not developmentally mature enough to safely possess them, the bill reads. But Senator John Rogers, the Democrat who introduced the legislation, said that he doesn't even expect it to pass. And he says, I have no delusions that it's going to pass. He says, I won't even vote for it myself. But that he voted, that he wrote the bill, and he put the bill forward as a protest <laughs> against gun control laws. What if it accidentally passes? Yeah, right? <laughs> right? And what if it accidentally passes? And so... Um, That'd be funny. Uh, then, you they know, have to, then they have to make new legislation to undo it, right? Right, exactly, exactly. New legislation <laughs> to undo it. That's funny. Uh, but again, you know, it's, I love the way, well, you know me, I'm a big fan of sarcasm anyway. Uh, sure. Sarcasm, how you punch people in the face, but only with words. So I just, I think it's really great. I love the ingenious way of people dealing with this. And, and sometimes you have to do that to, that's Vermont to make people state think, Vermont state legislation. Yeah, this is not a, a federal bill. This is a Vermont state bill. Mm -hmm. And I find it interesting JC, that in Vermont, we have a Democrat senator who is opposed to gun control legislation. 
Democrat senators and state legislators all over the country like legislatures all over the country like that. Right, because on the local levels, on the state levels, politics aren't like federal politics. Look, didn't I say this last year? I mean, last time I was on the show, we I kind of talked about this. This goes to my point of the propaganda, the illusion that most people are liberal. Uh, look, they're Democrats. Yes. Who are yeah, not right. liberal. Right, right, right. Right? So... You know, it, it's it's false. I mean, in the, the polls that they take, so here the numbers are this. 75% of Americans self-identify as either moderate or conservative. Mm -hmm. Only 21% of Americans self-identify as liberal. Right. So hey. this is just one other, uh, another piece. We're surprised when you see that say Democrat. We're surprised because we're faced with this propaganda yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I want to remind you guys that we have our Super Chat active, uh, which is a fun new thing that I like. It's kind of like playing playing a video game on, uh, for us, playing a video game on YouTube. You reward us. <laughs> By what you see, Jason's like, no, no look at that face. I don't know. It it's I'm just part fun. Of the video game it's, now? Right, but it's fun because the Super <laughs> Chat, you guys, I don't know if you got what it looks like for you, but when the Super Chat, when somebody donates to us through the Super Chat, it's this big thing that comes up, and I'm like, ooh, I've been rewarded. <laughs> Because mm. I get some points. Anyway, what I like about this, this the, the article that I showed you is from Business Insider, but Reason also See, has that's that. that's exactly right. What's that? What Robert said. Robert Alexander, true. true. Some Democrats are liberal, but not all are. Some Republicans are conservative, but not all are. Bingo. Okay, Lindsey Graham. Right. Seriously, Mitch McConnell. Come on now. But but the The, the former John, the, the late John McCain. The propaganda <laughs> wants, you know, they create this narrative to to shape how you think well in the south true. in the south we have a we have a lot of conservative democrats yeah we have a lot of conservative democrats because in the south it's traditionally the traditionally democrat on in the rural in the in the urban rural areas right in the rural areas with filled with what we call dixiecrats people who are conservative uh i think the other term was blue dog democrats right right old school democrats um and most of them are that way just simply because they were born that way the families were like that you know i was a democrat because my family was before i was a trained socialist and then i was a democrat because i was a trained socialist but we have come to find in these areas that people vote locally democrat but vote nationally republican even though they may be registered democrat so it's right. just the the labeling of people can be very very wrong and victor corrected me the other day he says chrisanne stop talking about liberals and start making sure that we're referring to these people who's the, who they really are they are marxist communists yeah and that's the distinction i think that's the distinction i think is in the self-identification when you when you think of and by the way that's the fight that's going on that we've mentioned before with nancy pelosi and some of the establishment crowd and the new radicals. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking about people like AOC and Tlaib, Tlaib, whatever her name is, Omar, Ilhan Omar, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all, all those Bernie Sanders, mm -hmm. the the really Marxist, leftist, um, that does not appeal to a majority of, of the country. Yeah, right, right. It does not. That's why the establishment is... Uh, you know, prom promote wants to promote Biden on the Democrat side, right? 
Right. Uh, and you you know you remember when the DNC basically conspired against Bernie Sanders to get Hillary Clinton elected. Right. Because they're afraid of that wing, and they realize that it's it's not a winning formula. Right. Uh, to put up a candidate that only 21% of the American people identify with. Hey, JC, I uh, taught the Volusia County, Florida teen Republicans on uh, Sunday, and that was really, really great. We had a room full of teenagers who were interested in actual liberty. You know what was interesting was these liberty, these these quote-unquote Republican teens, were more liberty-minded teens. Mm -hmm. They are teens that are... you saying they weren't very Republican? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I won't, make, I won't make you say that. <laughs> so they were, they were not afraid to question uh, any Republicans' activity. They weren't afraid to question Donald Trump and war and... And they were asking questions. They're very conservative about war. They, uh, they are not neocons. They know how to identify a hawk. Uh, they have a lot of, um, what is that called, non-interventionism kind of perspective, you know, that America was created, uh, the federal government was created for self, uh, for our common defense and not for proactive and and one of and the young man who's actually in charge of the group said said look spreading democracy is not what america was built for right because spreading an ideology by force is imperialism and so i'm really really encouraged by by what i'm seeing in our young people today and Liberty, the Liberty Cause is in the chat room. I got to meet him yesterday. Nice. Or, uh, it was yesterday, Sunday. Yeah, we got to meet him yesterday. And so that was that was really, really exciting. Woody, Woody, I'm curious. So you voted for our previous president. Was that because of the, the perception of his anti-war stance? So his anti-war rhetoric uh, that you're saying he, he was a liar? Because basically that's how it fell out. So I'm curious, Woody. Is that the reason why you voted for him? Because remember, Obama came in, you know, he's supposed to be, oh, going to get us out of all these wars. Yeah, he, he was supposed up, to be the whole, I'm going to get people out of yeah. war. And that's that really resonated he, with a lot of the independents and the libertarians, libertarians. and everything. Plus, Obama he, was a was a, was a a legalized marijuana guy, too, in the beginning. And then, then he got yeah. into office and showed his sort yeah, of he was totally war on drugs was kind of thing. Liar. I can smoke pot, but you can't, yeah. is basically what Obama he, was he, saying. Yeah, he flipped on a lot of things. Um yeah, and you think he got us in this like six more wars yeah. before the year yeah. first year was up. Anyway, so I uh, in the in the true realm of of knowing how to make friends and influence people, uh, I got to actually um, well, I challenged a professor from the University of Baltimore to a, um, a forum. Okay. Is the University of Baltimore a real school? Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> that a thing? That's a thing. So he writes an article for The Atlantic called The True Meaning of the Second Amendment. Right? 
And you know, it's the whole rhetoric. It's the true meaning of the Second Amendment is about the government-owned militia, and it was never about automatic weapons. He actually even mentions, or at least alludes to the fact, that every firearm at the time was a single-shot firearm, so that, you know, it couldn't possibly be... Um, meant for what we have today and that the people were never meant to have arms equal to the military. <laughs> so, is he... What? Is he suggesting... <laughs> okay, is he suggesting that the military of the time had automatic weapons? No, they did not have automatic weapons. How, you, how can you make those comparisons? I don't understand. He said because every round like saying, back then I, it, was a single shot. It wasn't shot about finish. diesel engines. It, it, it couldn't have been about, it can't be about diesel engines today. Yeah, because yeah. they were riding horses. Yeah, yeah. Like what What a dumb argument. Yeah. How, how can you make well, that but argument? but they had, they had. No kidding it wasn't about automatic weapons. Right. They didn't exist. Well, they did exist actually in 1772. They had a Gatlin kind of gun that you roll no, like this. No, but you know what I'm saying. Do, 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 Come do, 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 do. on. Right, right. Well, but you know, I mean, but, I, I, but that just shows way, the idiocy of the Are you sure the, the Gatlin gun existed well, it wasn't at a, that time? I, I don't know. I might so. be using the wrong word. No, but actually, I in 1772, um, I, I have, let's see, I have it, I have it actually here automatic weapons as we, oh, we could, but it doesn't That's matter if there was widespread argument. use they actually existed okay well, so how many people even knew if they existed how many people knew about that how many people ever heard about that well if they existed, i didn't live back then so i mean then there's why, plans and so, they and so people why, had them okay so then why were why did they not use them in the revolutionary war how do you know they didn't okay anybody's ever heard of that I, I have it. I know there are people that have heard about it because they've told me that automatic weapons were used in the revolution. I will show you War. a picture. Somebody send me that. I'm going to show I'm not you. This. Um, I'm going to show you a picture right now. I've got it somewhere, but I had it. I don't know where I downloaded it at. Uh, okay. I forget. It was called a Pelier get, get, get back or, to me on or that. something. Anyway, get I have it. I had it up that. on Twitter actually too, but I can't find it on on my post on Twitter now either. But anyway, um, so I challenged him to a forum. Okay, I challenged him to a forum to discuss his perspective, and his Twitter page says that he actually bans trolls. So I'm really kind of waiting for, here it is, right here. Guys, come on. Yeah. You're calling the puckle gun the puckle an automatic gun. weapon? No, but it was it was a multi-shot. Not automatic. You have to, like, go the thing. That's right? different. But, just, but it still shot. There you go. Thank you, Mr. Fowler. The puckle gun. It I actually that. shoots That's... more than one round. So. Oh. Okay, guys. Okay? All right. Sure. So, but, what there's, but he said... There only existed single-shot firearms. The puckle gun is not a single-shot firearm. Okay, so that was my point. Gotcha. Right? So automatic is probably a misspeak for my point as it is. But anyway, um, they were, yeah. So there were these, these weapons. They shot more than one. They held magazines or clips or whatever they called them held more than one round and they could shoot them like that right so so explain what is the point then 
Well, the point, well, like I said, the point was that he was making that the Second Amendment doesn't apply to what we have today because everything in the uh, Revolutionary War, when they wrote the Second Amendment, was a single shot firearm. So that was anyway. That was that was one of that was one of them. But anyway, I actually um, I actually challenged him to a forum, and of course, that's the sole basis of his argument. Well, no, 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 no. That's not the that sole basis. Not, that no, no, no. No, I wasn't saying they're all single shot. My point is, you know, AR. What, what I'm talking about, fully automatic. This that's that's a little different, seems to me. Yeah. Okay. So, but it was all the whole thing but, about mean, government the, and high high caliber weapons and 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 the so other idiocy. This, the other. When is this form? No. Are you kidding me? Down? He's banned me. He blocked me. I don't get a foreign with him. I'm a troll, right? I have a Juris Doctorate. I'm actually a professor now, right? I'm a professor. But I'm a troll because I challenge him, and he writes for the Atlantic, and I don't, right? And he, go, and he teaches at the University of, of Boston, and I don't, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm a troll. But anyway, um, but the whole argument is that, that it's about government-controlled militias Ignoring the fact that everybody in the militia was not government, and that was one of Jefferson's, uh, I'm sorry, that was one of Washington's sort of uh, areas of being disgruntled. It's like, I'm dealing with all these farmers and ranchers. Nobody here is regular militia. And so, you know, anyway, I, I wanted to challenge him on his history, and apparently he's scared. Gotcha. So he, so... I'm just trying to, I'm trying to understand. He's talking about the musket single, yes, put the ball. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. The musket single, put the ball in. Because some, some of you guys are gonna have to educate me. So I'm, I'm thinking, a repeating. I understand. There's repeating. Yes. Repeating. Repeating. Rifles. Repeating. Repeating. Not single shot. Not, not automatic. So that I told okay. you that's, that's what I was, I, I was misspeaking because I don't, okay, I don't know my gun jargon. Okay. No, I'm just, so, I'm just and, trying to And get my the use concept. of the term Gatling is just was obviously wrong too because that didn't come into the mid 1800s right. as we're being informed. No, and, but I, w I know what you mean. Multiple. The, right. Round. Right. Gotcha. Right. Multiple rounds. That's what I'm talking about. So anyway. Just so you know, uh, this professor, I forgot to give you his name, so I, want, I wanted you guys to have his name so that you can keep your eye out in case he actually responds to any of you or any of you are able to go to his page, as I am not. Uh, but his name is Professor Garrett Epps, and he is the Supreme Court correspondent. I was going to say that sounds familiar. He is a Supreme Court correspondent. He writes for the Atlantic. He's a professor of law at the University of Baltimore. Mm -hmm. What did I say, Boston? No, you said, said Baltimore. Baltimore. Uh, he says I block trolls, uh, and that's what he does. So, hmm. so anyway, I'm. I don't actually. It's it's strange, JC. I've never really enjoyed inserting myself into the whole debate thing because I'm a teacher, right? And I. I want to be able to teach the audience and not be argumentative to the guy next to me. But I'm feeling the need lately. But I'm feeling the need to really challenge these people lately. I don't know what has gotten into me about it, but I'm like, ah, can't. Do doesn't it seem, you maybe you can help me on this. 
Doesn't it seem like um, a diversionary argument? I mean, because it's not about the mechanics of weapons. Yeah. I mean, it was about the concept. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you so when you look at the debates with and, and discussions with the drafters, mm-hmm. I, I'm not aware of any debate where they're arguing ballistics and mechanics of weapons. It's no. about the concept of being able to defend yourself, which they said very clearly. Yes. From an oppressive <laughs> government. government. Well, so, so I don't see how th- this seems to be yeah. a diversionary tactic. Well, you know, there weren't weapons like we have today, however you want to describe it in the Pacific. They're not the same kind of weapons. That's a diversion. It is absolutely a diversion. Now, you teach the class at the River University about the... Um, uh, uh, logic and critical thinking. So, what's the term for a kind of? Do you, am I? I'm putting you on the stop. The term for a diversionary. That's red herring, right? Or straw? I mean, there's yeah. several diversionary yeah. tactics. You right. have red herring. You've got straw man. I know that there's others. I just I don't it, put it, them it, all it, in my brain. It would so. be in the sense of a straw man, of course. Again, if he's phrasing it like the sing, everything single shot kind of thing, then obviously. It's not. It's not a good straw man because he's not going to be able to defeat it because it's actually not true. Right uh, now, if, you know, if he says, "Well, we didn't have automatic weapons like we have today," well, well, that may be technically true. But again, yeah, if you if you then you start wrangling with the specifics and mechanics of weaponry. Right, right, right. You've actually let him drag you into an argument that's beside the point. I mean, that's a secondary discussion. Noah Webster actually said that the whole body of the people should bear arms to keep the government from enforcing unconstitutional and oppressive laws. So our founders, like you said very well, JC, we're not arguing about calibers and the number number of guns that we own and the amount of ammunition that we have. They were saying, look, this is about liberty. As a matter of fact, that's, it was that's Richard That's the argument I'd hit him with, right? So, and if you want to drop in and, oh, by the way, you're saying single shot, here's the puckle gun, here's this, here's this. Yeah, yeah. They were not all, you know, mm-hmm. single shot, drop the ball and, and powder in your musket. Uh, that's not accurate. Right. But that's actually beside the point because that's not the discussion that our framers were having. Now, if you go to Liberty First University, give them the little thing up there. If you go to libertyfirstuniversity.com, you can get the courses that we have there on the right to keep and bear arms and learn from people like Richard Henry Lee and Noah Webster and George Mason you know, uh, uh, and Patrick Henry about what's really going on. If you want a really, really historically interesting course, uh, when you're at libertyfirstuniversity.com, make sure you do the America Disarmed course. And that course is, what do you call that course? The America Disarmed course? Uh, seditious? My most seditious course. That is an amazing course on the right to keep and bear arms. Richard Henry Lee actually writes that it is essential for the whole body of the people to keep our, uh, in order to preserve, whereas to preserve liberty, it's essential that the whole body of the people always bear arms, especially, and, and learn how to use them, especially when young, right? I kind of twisted that around a little bit in my brain there, but that's basically what he said. So, 
you can't argue caliber, you can't or argue design, you can't even argue numbers when you deal with those who actually wrote the Constitution and actually wrote the Bill of Rights, the I, Second Amendment. I side with Anthony there. We should we should all have rocket launchers and tanks and Kevlar vests and grenades. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I want a tank. That's my position. I want a tank. I absolutely want a tank, and I want to be able to have the money to afford the gas to put in the tank. <laughs> I, I'd like a so, tactical nuke. Oh, I mean, just, yeah. Just saying. Oh, my goodness. Now we're really going to be targeted. Hey, speaking of tactical... I'm, I mean, I'm not going to go bomb anybody, mm -hmm. but you're not going to bomb me either. Right, 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 right. Speaking of <laughs> tactical nukes... bomb me first. Just so you're aware, JC, we have some people who love us so much on YouTube. They want you to know that YouTube has just passed a new policy. And this is actually true. This is not one of those, if you send money today, Bill Gates will give you money kind of thing if you share or whatever. Uh, Facebook, or YouTube has passed a policy that they will take every video off that has someone holding a gun live on the, on the video. So while we're broadcasting live, you can't be brandishing your firearms because YouTube will pull down our videos. Cool. <laughs> So we have some good news today. I figured that was probably the new, the new norm. The new norm, yes. You cannot, you cannot brandish your scariness, right? No I, scariness I, allowed. You might trigger me. I might be going through YouTube and I might accidentally, um, you know, trip up and see your video and get triggered and run out the door and hurt myself or something, right? We actually have somebody on YouTube called the Florida Bearded Fisherman. I wonder what happened to the to the naked bear, or was it the fuzzy bear? Yeah, El Fuzzy Bear. Mm -hmm. I don't. You know what that is? I don't. I don't. I'm I'm not allowed to say things in Spanish. So, <laughs> for the sake of our Spanish speakers to serve their ears, we don't want Chrisanne to say things in Spanish. Yeah, you don't need to arm bears. Thank you, Woody Nick for your super chat donation today. Everybody give Woody Nick a Thank you. Hand. What's Thank going you, on in Virginia, he says. What's the latest <sighs> with Virginia? Have you have you checked back in with Virginia uh, in the last Well, they're having the rally hours? on the 20th. Right. Right? And there is also this is very very encouraging, Virginia. They're having the rally on the 20th. They have a bunch of speakers there. Uh, what's really exciting is that there's a lot of talk not only about having the rally there, but then having separate rallies in front of their sheriff offices. Mm. So people are wanting to take this rally. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, we're learning, right? Because remember, there's a difference between a rally and a protest. A rally, by definition, is for the troops. It's to encourage the troops. It is to inform and redirect and send the troops back out to battle. A protest and a rally are not the same thing. A protest is aimed with the purpose of making someone stop a certain behavior, make them ashamed of a certain behavior. So the rally on the 20th is to pull the the liberty-loving people together. Encourage them, arm them with information and direction. 
And the people are already motivated, JC. They, I'm, I'm watching this. I'm in these several groups. People bring me into these groups, and I'm watching these groups talk, and they're saying, okay, the mistake we've made before is we have these big rallies, and then we go home, and then nothing happens. And they're really getting the local thing, right? Bring it local. Say, okay, we go to the rally, we get motivated, and then we form our separate groups, and we start protesting outside our sheriff's offices that are not going you know that look like they're going to cave or they look like they're not going to be supporting and i want to say look why 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 stop at your sheriff if you have a sheriff who is supporting a a a constitutional sanctuary county then go to the county commissioner that's opposing him uh you know protest outside the county commission meeting if you have a state legislator that's opposing these things everybody show up and protest them as well i mean there's nothing to prevent you from and the more pressure you put on local people see this is why this is why the people you know are hate me in politics because i direct people to actually organize and take it where they belong this is something that you and I started, JC, a long time ago about naming people instead of saying the judge mm -hmm. or the legislator. You got to call these people out by names and we got to stop just rallying. We got to protest. Can I just give by way of example, tell you that our founders had real protests. They had mock hangings of their government officials. You know, they dressed up people. They dressed up people, but like stuffed uh, likenesses of people and hung them from trees. There's um, the, the Are book... Are you stating a historical... I'm stating a historical a reference fact. Mm -hmm. The book Desperate Sons tells us that these... The, the builders of the effigies went out of their way to get the exact socks, the exact pants <laughs> that these guys wore so there would not be any mistake as to who they were representing in the stuffed dummy from the tree. They had mock funeral processions. But they I mean, couldn't have live streamed it on YouTube. But they couldn't have live streamed it on YouTube. But that's okay. If you do something like that, you'll be on the news. So according to local news out of uh, Richmond... The one bill was dropped that was apparently the um, uh, assault, so-called assault weapons ban. But they've passed, you know, they passed the uh, law that the one firearm a month law. Did you get that? So I can only buy one a month. Right. Sweet, I so, can have twelve in a year. <laughs> so that's one of the uh, that's one of the pieces of legislation coming out of. Uh, I guess the Senate committee in Virginia. Well, you can buy one, and I can buy one, and we can buy right. one for Colton. Oh, but no, we can't because he's only 13. Can we buy a firearm for a 13-year-old in Florida if he doesn't carry it? <clears throat> I think so. I don't know. Uh, Victor, did you see what Victor said? He's that. a Marxist. Victor, I corrected myself on the air already today about the yeah. Marxist. And that, so. He's a Marxist. Just, you're not. He could, could not win a debate without a machine gun. <laughs> He's talking about the professor, right? right? That is awesome. <laughs> so they passed, they uh, scrapped the assault weapons bill. They passed the one a, mo one a month, one gun a month law. Or, In the House or out, and the out, Senate? Out of the, out of committee. Oh, okay. Out of committee, <laughs> out of I was going to say, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then the background check bill uh -huh. has come out. And also the red flag laws uh, bill. And mm -hmm. apparently... 
apparently people are descending upon the capital. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, but it looks like f for the most part, the Democrats are pushing ahead in Virginia. And so I don't look, I don't look for this to necessarily calm down or go away and, no. uh, unless the people decide it's time to go back to sleep. Right. Uh, so it looks like they're still... Dear heaven, please don't go back to forward. sleep now, okay? This is like really, really great. This is, I mean, this is how we win. This is how it's supposed to go. And this is what the vigilance looks like that our founders was talking about. We should be doing this every day. We should be in our county commissioner's faces every day. We should be in our... Uh, in, in the faces of those who are trying to destroy our rights. Remember, Patrick Henry said uh, we should hold suspect anyone who approaches the jewel of liberty. Anyone who approaches the jewel of liberty. You're not touching a jewel if you're just approaching it. So the minute you have someone, you know, oh, let's have a common sense debate on gun legislation. Patrick Henry says those people are suspect and you need to get rid of them. Yeah, and I, uh, Mr. Kramer says, buy it from a private seller. I haven't read the the language mm -hmm. of the one a month law from Virginia, but it would seem to me they're also the mandatory background checks uh, are also pulling in private sales. Yeah, so, they so try to do that be, here in Florida too, and that didn't yeah, go so over it may well. be a, a combination there where. You know, since both of those things would be in effect if this passes, mm -hmm. then you w then you'd also be restricted mm -hmm. to one a month from private sellers right. in in Virginia. Right, right. Uh, Magatop USA retired asks: Is anyone fighting the Florida red flag laws? Yes, we have lots of people trying to get the laws repealed. Unfortunately, I just found out yesterday that we have a Republican senator that has put forward an amendment to the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Act to, are you ready for this, JC? I mean, I'm not making this I'm up. I'm not. I know. You're gonna say it. But I've already, I've already warned about this, right? I've already warned about this to, remember because the act says that if you're under the age of 21, you can't own a firearm anymore. He wants to raise it to 25, right? So, it's completely arbitrary. I've been saying this from the beginning. Why 21? Why not 25? Why not 35? Because the numbers are completely arbitrary. And this is a Republican senator in Florida. Yeah. That's a great question. How would they, you know, if you're doing it, that, that's interesting. So they want to do the man, mandatory background checks on private sales. How do you do that if it's a fear. private sale? It's, Other than, it's fear. I mean, the people would basically have to submit to that. Right. It's fear and intimidation because if you... Uh, They're saying if you get, boy, if you if get, you get caught, caught with the gun and they run yeah. the serial numbers and they find out that it was never, the sale was never recorded, yeah. then, then the owner that the serial numbers are registered to will be prosecuted and the person who has the gun will be prosecuted. It's all fear and intimidation. That's all it is. So they 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 don't really. I mean, they're they're not able to do that. You, no, you they have to have the participation right. of the people. You right, ha you have to submit to it, and, or you have to get caught. Yeah, bottom line. So good news on the free speech outlet. We've covered this on the show, but um, earlier before it happened. But in Red Oak, Iowa. There was a man in Adams County uh, that where the Adams County Sheriff's Office charged John Goldsmith of Red Oak, Iowa, Iowa, 
uh, because he was arrested for criticizing one of their officers at the sheriff's office on Facebook. Mm. So they arrested him for criticizing the law enforcement. And he won the case, which is really, really good news. Now, the Adam County Sheriff's Office has agreed to pay John Goldsmith of Red Oak $10,000 in damages after charging him for harassment when he posted criticism of the sheriff's deputy on his own Facebook page. I love this because the court issued a permanent injunction that ordered the Adams County Sheriff's Office to stop criminally charging people who criticize their law enforcement officers. Wow. How crazy is that? You can't question the, sh the, the Sheriff's Office. Now remember, the Sheriff is a constitutionally elected law enforcement officer. By the way, JC, I don't know if you want to put that back up there or not, just so I can make sure that people uh, know where this came from. This is an ACLU case, mm -hmm. just so I can trigger some people out there. So the <laughs> ACLU... How do you know it's true, Chrisanne? <laughs> the ACLU fights for free speech. They don't get it right all the time, but they don't get it wrong all the time either. Just most of the time. So, you know, don't be afraid to get to, what is that? Truth, truth is, is truth, truth, no matter where you find truth it. Truth is truth, no matter where you find it. And we're so happy for Mr. Goldsmith. I'm happy that he stood up for himself. He hired a defense attorney, and the ACLU brought the, the First Amendment case. And I think that it's really, really good. And, and like I said, I think it's really awesome that the court actually issued injunction against the sheriff's office for that. Now look, like I was saying, the sheriff is a constitutionally elected representative of the people. If you cannot, if you cannot criticize the sheriff's office, how, that, that's a political office. Where is your right to petition the government for, a re, for, for redress of your grievances if you cannot criticize these elected people? And so we're really, really uh, happy uh, for Mr. Goldsmith's win in this free spa speech case. This And the last thing that I wanted to cover today, Jason. Is, is, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, are you, do you know if this was a jury decision? Uh, I, I didn't see where it described the type of proceeding. Um, um, actually, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't actually lo look into that that much. Yes, yeah, just. Oh no, it was a settlement. Okay. It was a settlement. Yes, it was not. It did not go to trial in any way, shape, or form. They settled by giving him ten thousand dollars in settlement, and then as a condition of the settlement, the judge issued an injunction against the sheriff's office. Yeah, because it's it's uh, somewhat unusual. Especially in a case like that, it's somewhat unusual for the prosecutors to even take up a case like that mm -hmm. against against law enforcement, and then it's mm -hmm. and it's still unusual for even jurors to decide or to decide. Or, I mean, anything against, to go a, against. A, a, a law enforcement officer. Yeah, no, no, no. This was definitely well. You know that process officer, because you sheriff, were and I involved whatever. with a uh, case. A First Amendment case against government, right? The mm. 19, it's called a 1983 case. And most of these things do settle outside of court. So there's a lot of negotiating going along on, especially something like this, because it's kind of like the guy in, um, uh, in Lake City, Florida, who had the bumper sticker, right? 
the prosecutor dropped, but then there was the civil rights lawsuit that the ACL brought up, or uh, then for the bumper sticker guy in Lake City, Florida, that was a different firm. It wasn't the ACLU. But uh, the, this was the civil rights case that we're talking about now, not the criminal charge. Mm -hmm. So the criminal charge was dropped. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and the sad part, what people don't understand, of course, I think, I think Joe talked about this when you had him on, um, you know, something like a billion dollars a year is spent. A billion dollars a year. To settle these, these uh, bad cop cases and, and these abuses uh, of people's rights. And they frankly don't get any training on these essential constitution issues of the state and federal constitution. So really 10,000 is them getting off easy. Maybe these yeah. guys looked around and saw the magnitude of settlements that, that come out of. Yeah. Uh, well, but that's a billion dollar cumulative, cases. obviously, but. No, but I mean, yeah. you, you know, you have departments paying million bucks plus, you know, mm -hmm. several hundred thousand. This is probably a very small town, probably for them. You know, 10000 is a lot as far as their budget is concerned. Yeah, because this is department. a small town, right? The, the problem that I have with the whole scenario, which, uh, you know, the way this goes down all the time, is the these officers, whatever you want to call them, um, they, they don't pay, right? right? It's no skin off his nose. For the most part, nothing mm -hmm. happens to these individuals. When you talk about this $10,000, when you say that the, the sheriff's office paid $10,000. Well, whose no, money didn't. is that? Where did that the come from? That's a taxpayer. So the right. taxpayers paid $10,000 for uh, their representatives not behaving. Right, exactly. And, and that's that's the thing. So, and well, the main and the reason, officer that would have filed the charges yeah. is still an officer. And Correct. I doubt that there's been any real remedial training on this because that's yeah, one I mean, thing that Joe said. These officers don't care about these because nothing happens to them afterwards. Right. Well, I mean, in this case, you know, he probably got some write-up or whatever. I mean, it's nothing lasting, nothing significant. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously... The guy, he didn't kill anybody. He didn't shoot a, sit, a, a, a resident. Right, uh, right. You know, so I'm not saying this guy ought to be thrown out, locked up, whatever. Um, you know, but in those cases where that right. happens, a lot of times nothing happens to the, the officer and they can go get a job in some other county or some other municipality. And then, but I was going to say the reason why it happens this way, the taxpayers pay it. It does. It never comes out of the officer's pocket. The the cop is never right. never affected. Is because of unions. It is because of well police unions. It's not just because of that, JC. Because it's any government official. It's because of the pol It's it's because of the the legal policy of qualified immunity. The qualified immunity across the board covers government agents while they're in operation of their of their daily duties as long as he's wearing his badge he's covered by qualified immunity which means you can't sue him as an individual for murder yes murder gets qualified yes immunity? there are only there are only some very small specific carved out exceptions to that and that's been my greatest thing about qualified immunity so if if they're not actually now the the exception would be that they're actually convicted of murder, right? And you and I know that doesn't actually happen very often. Well, I don't but know. But shooting someone, they're covered by qualified immunity. Stealing from people, they're co covered by qualified immunity. You know, 
de, de, uh, unlawfully arresting people, even de, even aggravated battery is covered under qualified immunity. Okay, perhaps I'm talking maybe a conviction or when discipline takes place. Yeah. I don't know how this fits in. What I do know is that unions negotiate a separate system for their officers. Yes. So when something happens and, you know, so, so for instance, you know, think of any infraction where you and I would be arrested, we might have jail time, you know, various things would happen. They negotiate through the police union a separate system of discipline. So whereas mm -hmm. this resident would go to jail, officer gets three days paid administrative leave. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're, I know for a fact in the union contracts, they're negotiated, allowed to negotiate out of the law that would apply to everybody well, else. I know also from from real life firsthand experience that even more egregiously, and I know that may sound strange more egregiously because this is what happens more frequently, is that the unions prevent the police chief or the sheriff from firing these people from disciplining these people. Yes, that's that's so what exactly what I'm talking but about. But it's not they've nego they're not allowed to but it's because not, of the contract. Right, but it's not a it's not simply just a law issue. They're not Im immune from the law. They're also immune from administrative discipline. Right. That's so, part that's part so of So they keep building. That's why you yes. have these people who have these big long files of misconduct and they're still Holding a gun and right. still holding a badge. That and that's the union contract. Yes. So they create a, a. They have. They make up their rules. You're allowed to do this. You're allowed to do. You know, make put this on the record. This can't follow them. So mm -hmm. they create this system where they escape punishment. And so right. they're allowed. The the unions right. are allowed to negotiate. They actually enable this behavior. Negotiate their own law. Right. So a lot of this lack of accountability that we see. Uh, as long as as long as unions yeah. are allowed to do this, mm -hmm. then don't expect a major don't expect major inroads into holding these people accountable. Well, and it's what teacher unions do as well. They yeah. protect teachers that are yeah. that are not actually uh, good teachers. They right. protect teachers that are bad teachers. And I've seen I don't know it was over in in California. The teacher was charged with sleeping with one of her students. The union actually protected her. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just crazy. I, I want to say uh, thank you to Tom Hall and Douglas Richard Mumy for their support of the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. You guys are really, I, I'm, I, sh I, I wish I had like a ding. You know, like they do at the Cold Storm Creamery where the bell goes off when somebody throws a tip mm -hmm. in the jar. Maybe we can get JC to sing a song every time mm. somebody... <laughs> Gives gives a. Uh, you want your viewership to increase, right? <laughs> decrease. Right, right. That's the uh, uh, opposite. Yeah. So, but this the union thing. It, I I don't think. First off, I don't think there should be public. Absolutely, and that's unions. what Thor says here on 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 uh, right. YouTube as well. There should be no public sector unions. And I think period. For the most part, unions in general have outlived their purpose. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think when unions came on the scene, you could find some usefulness for for what uh, they were fighting for. They saved for from time people's time. lives. Now, they, I mean, they they union they they united the workers for workers' rights. Now right. it's just. It's terrible, the, the mafiosa kind of mentality 
that they have forcing people to be in a union uh, on the state and political level paying forcing people who are not in the union to pay the union seriously that's extortion i i don't even i don't even get that and i and i don't stand that i know i come from a family of union people and that's going to make them very unhappy that i'm the one saying this but i can't support that kind of activity regardless you know how do you as a private citizen holding a gun at somebody saying i'm going to take money from your paycheck before you even see it without your will i mean i don't i don't even get that so the last thing I want to cover before we go, JC, is once again a free speech case that I want us, want us to uh, look at uh, for sure. Uh, keep our eyes on. This is a brand new lawsuit against Iowa State. And Iowa State, the, the Iowa State College, yes. University. Iowa State University. And it's brought by a... A nonprofit, and I had the thing speech first. I think is or is who it was. My goodness, where did that go? Anyway, um, so Iowa State University has passed a rule and regulation now that says uh, you cannot write on side. You can't write political messages on sidewalks, and you can't send emails supporting candidates. Now, apparently there's a glitch in their policy because you can send emails opposing candidates, but you can't send emails uh, supporting candidates. And uh, Speech First, that's the nonprofit, Speech First has filed this lawsuit and it's a, uh, they also have one of those bias incident reporting systems that we've talked about before where somebody can make some kind of anonymous complaint that you triggered me and now you are brought under uh, disciplinary action of the of the college board and so Iowa State's finding themselves in a real uh, free speech problem so here's here's what I want people to understand what Iowa State ought to do. Now, here's the thing. There's actually a law in Iowa that says that members of a campus community who wish to engage in non-commercial expressive activity in outdoor areas of campuses shall be permitted to do so freely, right? So their anti-chalking policy violates Iowa law because, here's the thing, JC, they're not outlawing chalk on the sidewalks right they're outlawing political messages in chalk and that's the big thing with free speech it's it's called content neutrality, uh, neutrality right and so they're saying okay you can write these things but you can't write things and they even say it in their policy offensive things so you have the iowa state law that says that that actually says college campuses the students have to be able to freely express themselves on college campuses you have iowa state that has a policy that says you can write messages in chalk you just can't write the messages we don't approve of in chalk well it's fascinating in the snowflake world view so the school says while protected by the first amendment uh, the speech is also hurtful and harmful to many students. 
The school takes seriously its obligation mandated by federal law to create and maintain a campus that is free from, and this is, this is the thing, illegal discrimination and harassment. So that in the snowflake world is, is what I see a lot, mm-hmm. how that these things are redefined. So right. discrimination. No, illegal discrimination. Illegal discrimination. That would be covered under the Civil Rights Act of 1968, which applies to government entities, not students at a college. Well, first off. Or employers, right? Well, There's nobody employed here. Right. So to me, discrimination, the, the idea of that is, I'm preventing you from something you're otherwise entitled well, to, giving a it to job. somebody else or what have you. Yeah, it's you, uh, you being it's exposed. All employment, really employment related, and and now you know because we have the whole public policy of your McDonald, your your private business is public if you open the store. So you public accommodation law. So right. it's public accommodation laws and employment. Yeah, but you being exposed to a word that mm-hmm. hurts your feelings, right? Is not discrimination. How, I mean, th- this is a thing of. Well, it's not illegal discrimination either. And it's not any sort of discrimination. Right? And it's not. It's not illegal <laughs> it's harassment. Not even legal discrimination. To write "Vote Trump 2020" is not harassment. No. And it's not illegal discrimination. And so it's like you said, JC. The the policy is obviously based on opinion and feelings, and not on law. <sighs> So this is one to keep your eyes open for. Um, this is the one thing that we, that I, JC and I have both talked to the Trump administration about. We need to stop federal funding going to these colleges, period. I mean, we should stop federal funding going to all colleges. But we can start with eliminating the federal funding to the colleges that, that have these anti-liberty policies. So, I think that's the show for today. All right. And I'm so happy to have you guys with us. Thank you guys for your support, for rewarding us through Super Chat. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you for all of our <laughs> longtime listeners that we see regularly. What are we doing? Oh, you're brandishing your gun. <laughs> brandishing my pew pew finger. That's discriminatory harassment. <laughs> we should write. Well, we won't do that. We should write some political message on the wall behind us and see if we get to, we get triggered. Oh, by the way, um, just before I leave, just because I want you guys to know, um, on YouTube now, the show that we did recently on the Supreme uh, on the uh, attack on religious liberty, you know, the the two really important Supreme Court cases that are up, uh, YouTube has marked them offensive and not appropriate for all audiences. Just so you know. Clearly. Clearly. We have to be, you know, it's inappropriate to talk about religious liberty on YouTube. It is not appropriate for the uh, staff and uh, professors and faculty at Iowa State University. Clearly. Clearly. That wouldn't be appropriate. They'd be triggered, (laughs) hurt feelings. They would feel harassed and discriminated against. Because they're a bunch of Marxists. I suspect that the people that work at YouTube are of the same... Uh, makeup <clears throat> as the faculty at Iowa State University. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're probably triggered right now. <laughs> I'm harassing you. I'm harassing you. 
I'm discriminating against you. Ooh, scary finger. <laughs> scary gun fingers. <laughs> Ooh. All right, well, I think we've just gone over the edge now. So I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, don't forget to like the show, to share the show, whether you're listening via podcast or here on YouTube. Uh, thank you for joining us and make sure that you go through our, our list of shows and share some of those as well. Um, Liberty first, guys. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow.